everyone. Welcome to episode three of Multimedium. I am one of your hosts, Willie Gibbs, and with me is my illustrious co-host, yep, uh, Tim Long. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. Yes. What, uh, uh, you are wearing a uh, Central Michigan uh, jacket, yes? The, the Chippewas. <laughs> We're getting... yes. What would the colors be, the team colors? Uh, what would are, you call that? Uh, maroon and gold. Fight, so, fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we can call you like Major Maroon. That can be your, I would, your alias. I, I would love to be called Major, Major Maroon. Major <laughs> Maroon. <laughs> I like that. Maroon, uh, the color of blood. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, welcome to Multimedium. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, or if it's been, you know, it's been a while since episode two, so maybe you forgot what we do here. Um, we talk about adaptations on Multimedium, uh, and uh, as you'll see with this episode, we don't just do, you know, book to movie, you know, kind of your standard style adaptation. We do all sorts of things. In today's case, we're talking about Clue, which is, of course, the world-famous board game, uh, which was uh, turned into a film in 1985, amazingly enough. Very excited to talk about this one because it's so different, I think, from most adaptations in terms of where it comes from originally. Um, Before we get into that, though, uh, please send us feedback, send us ideas for um, any kind of adaptation you'd like to hear about, any sort of, it can be as off the wall as something like a board game to a movie, or it can be, you know, a little more simpler, like our, our our next episode we'll be doing, which we'll we'll discuss at the very end of the episode here. Um, but yeah, feel free to send them to us. Um, it's multimediumpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at, at multimediumpod. That's multimedium, not media. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Um, Clue, Tim. Yes. Clue is a board game, um, <laughs> if you didn't know already. Um, it was created by Anthony E. Pratt and Elva Pratt, and published in 1949 originally by a company called Waddington's. Um, the original title was Murder, but it was eventually changed to Cluedo. 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 Which is a, I think it's a combination of Clue, obviously, mm-hmm. and then Ludo, which means I play in Latin, yes. I think is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a cool little combo there. Right. Um, Clue is now, um, the, the, the rights to the Clue board game are now owned by Hasbro, who I think owns all toys at this point. They seem like the Disney of toys. They just eat everything up. Right, because I, after Waddington's, it went to Parker Brothers, yes. and then Parker Brothers was bought by, by Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah. Yep. And I think the Parker Brothers brand, if it doesn't still exist, it existed for a while as a sub-brand of Hasbro's, but I think it's just straight up Hasbro now. Yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, kind of like, where, I don't know, make us Disney. Well, I guess Disney with Fox. Yeah, Disney with Fox, where they use it to kind of Differentiate a brand. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Brand recognition. Um, There are, God, uh, countless editions of Clue, um, which I'm going, we're going to be going through a little bit just for some fun, just to talk about some silly versions of Clue we know we know of um, here momentarily. But before we do that, for those who haven't played Clue, um, it's an interesting board game. So it's it's comprised of pawns or pieces that you play with, like many board games, and a board itself. The board is built up of um, a number of rooms that set up the mansion. Um, depending on which version you're playing, the mansion can be various things. Um, in the U.S. edition... Um, it was a mansion owned by Mr. Body, who is the character that we'll be talking about in the film as well. In the uh, the original game, it was Dr. Black. So they kept with the color theme of the characters um, in the original Cluedo version. Um, the plastic pawns represent the various characters of the game, right? Um, they were called different 
uh, different things in the original Cluedo. Yes, Tim? Some the, some of the names were different? Yeah, and there were more, I think, too. Yeah. Because that was in the original Cluedo, there were 10 characters, and they had kind of generic names, like Mr. Brown was one of them, I think. So in that original, um, it was like 10 characters, and then there were a couple of different locations, too, mm-hmm. and then I believe there were some extra extra stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I think currently Mrs. White is no longer in the game. She is now Dr. Orchid. Yes. So they've changed that up. They have changed her, yeah. Um, But generally, and the the characters that we'll be talking about for the board game and the movie will be Miss Scarlet, uh, Mr. Green, Colonel Mustard, Professor Plum, Mrs. Peacock, and Mrs. White are the core kind of classic Clue characters that we all know and love. Um, The goal of the game is to basically go around the mansion and uh, solve a murder mystery. Um, And the murder mystery is composed of uh, three major uh three major components so you've got where did the murder take place and the mansion is of course comprised of rooms like the kitchen the ballroom the conservatory the dining room the cellar the billiard room the library the study the hall and the lounge um what was the murder weapon and uh there's the candlestick the dagger or the knife the lead pipe the revolver the rope and the wrench and, and then of course which character uh is the murderer um Basically, at the beginning of play, the three cards are stuffed in a secret envelope, and throughout the course of the game, you journey the various rooms, discovering the weapons, and to figure out basically a way to deduce who is the killer, where did they perform the murder, where they kill Mr. Body, and uh, what did they kill him with. Fun game, Um, but... uh, very popular. Tim, do you remember playing Clue as a kid? Is this something that you had a ton of experience with? I think everybody's played it at some point. Right. I, so it's a fun game. I have played it more, I think, since being a kid, weirdly sure. enough, at least the original Clue game. So yeah. we used to do, my family, like I grew up with mom, dad, and a brother, mm-hmm. um, younger brother, and we would do we would do kind of like family board game nights, or if we would go camping a lot, too. And you and bring board games for camping? bring board games. That's fun. That's yeah. a cool, yeah. Yeah, because you, you wouldn't have electricity. I mean, you wouldn't have a TV. You, you need something to pass the time sometimes when you're camping. Um, right. And it's nice. It's fun. So the original Clue, I don't have a ton of experience with. I know the characters, and of a lot of that is just, a lot of it's from the movie, and a lot of it's just from the different variations. I mean, Clue has kind of become well, part Clue of Clue is one of those things, like, it, it's uh, it's up there with Monopoly, right? In terms right. of, um, uh, it's become kind of part of pop culture almost. It's part of the cultural zeitgeist at this point. It's not even, like, when you say Miss Scarlet and Professor Plum, and like, people know what you're talking about, right. even if they never touch the game, right? Yes. Yeah. So when we, but like, for the family game nights, we tended to veer more towards stuff like trouble yeah. sorry simpler perhaps simpler yeah. and more a little bit more of a maybe competition based because yeah. <laughs> my dad my dad played a lot of sports growing up so he liked that kind of the competitive comp- edge the competitive edge yeah. especially with something yeah like sorry or trouble where That's it's just fun. yeah <laughs> so clue wasn't now i do remember there was a now my main experience with clue when i was a kid was clue jr and clue jr was basically kind of a you remember Monopoly Junior? Well, it's an abridged version. Yeah, and it's like a, it's geared. You would just kind of go around the board, and I, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and they they were more like Mortimer Mustard is Colonel Mustard, and then Wendy White is Mrs. White, and then Samantha Scarlet, and they're like these kind of caricatures of the original characters. Kind of characters. You get like a little red magnifying glass too. It's gotcha. it's very kid, and so I remember playing that a lot as a kid, and that jogged back memories when I was researching this. Do you too. remember? Was there still a murder in the Clue Junior? No, I don't remember. It was a murder? It was like 
you stuff like I don't know, like a missing backpack or something. Okay. Like you had to you had to figure out who stole. That's what I assumed. Like this but... this one here is subtitles case of the missing pet. So like a cat got loose or something. So okay, yeah. Um, I played Clue a handful of times. Um. As a kid, I always enjoyed it. I always liked the board the, the most. Like the board was so cool to me because it was a like house. the like the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's one of the movies. One of the things the movie hits on really good is the four. Yeah, I remember a few times like playing with like my micro machines figures like on the board. Like it was like a an actual mansion. So I didn't play the game as much as I played with the board. <laughs> but uh, I've certainly played it before, and I think I've played a couple like the the weird variant themed versions that they've put out since then. Um, speaking of which, can we talk about some of the oddball, like, so uh, perf- mostly I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the odd, like licensed versions of Clue. Yeah. Because those are really funny to me. So I'm going to go through a little bit of a list here. I mean, um, I've played a few of these, so I'll jump in too. Sure. When, and I've got one pulled up that I want to see if what's going on with, if you, if you name it off. So go for it. Yeah. Sorry. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, Clue 24 edition as in like the Kiefer Sutherland show. Oh really? Like yes. Jack Bauer? Yes. Uh, Clue Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Aliens versus Predator. Aliens versus Predator. Clue. Yes. Okay. Big Bang. Like the movie? I guess. Okay. Uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that makes sense. Bob's Burgers. Okay. Clue the Chocolate Edition. What does that mean? Most of the pieces are made of chocolate. Like actual chocolate you can eat? I can only assume. (laughs) Sir, I'll look. How does that work? (laughs) Um, Like what? I guess you only play it once, right? Right. I don't know. Interesting. Um, Clue, Detective Conan and the Secret of the Lost Treasure. Okay. Uh, Clue, Doctor Who. Clue, Downton Downton Abbey. Clue, Dungeons and Dragons. What a marriage of (laughs) of board game properties, right? Uh, You got some, you know, Clue, Family Guy, Clue, Firefly, the Joss Whedon uh, show. Okay. Uh, Clue, Five Nights at Freddy's. There's a Five Nights at Freddy's everything, it seems like. Sorry, I'm going to uh, jump back to the chocolate one. Rules. Uh, rules are similar to the classic games, but the cards are replaced by wrapped chocolates. The first one to discover the correct character, weapon, and location wins the game. The winner has the right to divide the chocolates among the players, and the game gets eaten. <laughs> so I think then what they're thinking is maybe you go out and buy more chocolates. So you buy some Hershey's kiss and Kisses, and you can still play the game. You just have to divide. Oh, okay. Yeah, The board so, doesn't melt. So it least. comes with chocolates, apparently. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got stuck up on that. Um, other fun ones, Clue Golden Girls. Okay, so this is the one I have in front of me. Okay. So we have, of course, uh, Dorothy. This came out in 2017, so not oh, that long back. So, yeah, Dorothy Blanche Rose, Sophia, and then Stan, who I believe is um, a gentleman who kind of hangs around the Golden Girls. I recall Stan, I think. Yeah, and then I'm trying to, oh, the items, lipstick, uh, bathrobe, Sophia's purse, feathered slipper, whipped cream, and then the chair, the reclining chair. Uh, so I, I guess. So I guess you can. Who do you think is the most likely to murder someone as far as the Golden Girls? I kind of want to say Rose, just because like she's not the obvious choice. She seems like the one who would get away with it, certainly. Yes. I mean, Sophia's seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blanche is kind of like the Scarlet of the group. Blanche would kill out of like the femme fatale. Uh, some yeah, she's more of a femme fatale. Like out of lust. Yes. yes. <laughs> a woman scorned. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Harry Potter Clue. That seems like an obvious choice. I played that one. Yeah, how's that? I mean, it's, it's that's the thing with these games is it's Clue. And the kind of the fun, though, is um, the different locations. So I was like yeah. Harry Potter, it's different locations in Hogwarts. In the Hogwarts. Or, yeah. yeah, cool. Uh, one that I've been wanting to buy that's more recent, uh, It. Clue It. Okay. I guess I'm not sure how that works. Uh, Would the kids be the... Pennywise is like the bad guy, right? Right. I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't know. <laughs> um, Clue Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, Clue Lost in Vegas, which what? is an adult-themed version of Clue. All right. A little saucier. Um, basically, it's uh, it's the Hangover, Clue Edition. Okay. So your friend... So you, you have to retrace the And steps. you have to find, yeah. Yeah. Find your buddy. I like that. That's clever. Kind of fun. Uh, Clue The Office. Um, Clue Penny Dreadful. A show that was not terribly successful got a Clue version. <laughs> kind of fun. Um, Clue Riverdale. <laughs> That seems like an obvious That seems choice. like they've probably done a Clue episode at this point. I'm sure they have. Yeah. Clue Scooby-Doo. It do, I can't think of a better marriage yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, Clue Seinfeld. Uh, Clue Star Wars. No shock there, right? Clue Supernatural. Played that one. That one's kind of fun, too, because, I mean, you go around, you're like Great Lakes, Pacific Northwest, Great Plains, and all this. And yeah, I, think it's, I think it's just kind of Dean, Cass, Sam. Okay. So, yep. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, there's, there are, there more, are versions. Ton more, yeah, there are a ton of versions, obviously. Um, you know, there was but. like a VCR style game back in the eighties, like mm-hmm. one of those VCR core games that are, I've never liked playing those. They're very cumbersome. They are very cumbersome <laughs> yes. and, and you really can't play them at this point. Well, you could, I guess. Yeah. And I know there have been like computer games, uh, probably console games and stuff too. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's Clue the board game. Now, Clue the movie uh, directed by Jonathan Lynn, released in 1985, um, did not do well at the box office. Right. Um, I think this is a tough sell. <laughs> and we'll get into it a little bit. The endings, I think, had something to do with it as well. We should think- mention, yeah, the theatrical release of this movie um, had three possible endings. Um, they were all sent to different theaters. Some theaters advertised which ending they had so that you could see the movie multiple times, But on the theater you're at. <laughs> Even then, though... So I watched, I also, I in looking at this, I watched an old Ebert and, Ro, or Ebert and Siskel and Ebert clip, and they were talking about, because uh, the reason I stumbled upon it is because of the endings thing is, A, B, the endings A, B, and C, but like the newspapers and the advertisements only told you it was a, the endings A, B, and C, because they couldn't spoil the movie. Right. So they said, your theater's playing episode A, but if you're looking at that, you're sitting there going like, well, I don't know what the ending is. Why would I, why would I even go see that? So they said, and they're wrong, by the way, the best ending is episode A, the worst is episode C. The best ending is episode C, or uh, ending C, the worst is episode A, or ending A. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. so any, any release since then has included all of the episodes, one, two, three. Yeah, what it does is it plays... Uh, the first two, the first ending, and then it says this is something that could have happened. Right. Here's another option. Plays the second, and then finally this is what actually happened, and it plays the third option, which I think it, most people agree is the best. Yeah, the ending. final ending with uh, what's <clears throat> Tim Curry. Yes, <laughs> that's the best ending too. So yeah, if you are a viewer around that time, why would I want to do the extra work of figuring out which ending I get and yeah. which ending I go to? Yeah. Especially when the ending is kind of important to a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a tough sell anyway because like you gotta you gotta. It's a movie based on a board game, which is already weird. Yep. The tone of the movie is like who who is it's not appealing to children, um, who are probably most of the people playing the game would be kids. Most, I guess, I would assume. Um, kids' families play it a lot. Yeah, it's it, just, it's an odd it's an odd sell. 
it's very much so this movie or the game came from back in England they used to do kind of like murder mystery shows at hotels and um it's it's weirdly similar to James Bond in a lot of the ways because once World War Two hit um, with James Bond, people didn't travel as much anymore. And so they used James Bond as escapism to as kind of like travelogues. This, they didn't go out as much anymore, and they didn't have those murder mystery hotel dinner shows, basically, right. is what it would be. Um, so you're kind of appealing to maybe an audience that would do something like that, which is i mean yeah. is it it's a different it's a different thing the other thing too is um they gave out slips of paper at the theaters back in 85 some theaters did um where you could keep track of the clues as you went along but i don't know how you do that in the, in the dark, dark. <laughs> yeah it's kind of strange <laughs> the marketing is really funny around this i movie. like that yeah, i mean it, i love the idea but in, it in harkens, practice it harkens back to those william castle movies yeah. where like they would have the skeleton and stuff back in the 50s and 60s the gimmicks but, the gimmicks but we're in the 80s now which it had kind of died out by then yeah that it kind was of stuff. well done by that yeah so they didn't really do that and they haven't done it really yeah. since outside the of- 3d thing uh came back in the 80s briefly right but that was the only thing i can think of that was even kind of kind of similar to this right um uh, let's go through the plot of this thing and let's cool. talk about it um so, a uh, movie takes place in 1954. Got six strangers who show up in this New England mansion, right? They've all been invited, um, and they've received uh, a letter asking them to show up at this mansion at this time. They all get a pseudonym, so they're not allowed to use their real names, and that's where we get into Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, Mrs. Peacock, Mr. Green, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet. I love the idea. So, uh, so one thing I got to say right out of the gate is, I think adapting a board game can't be easy work okay right. you don't have a plot necessarily now clue is certainly more of a uh, has more of a plot than most board games to be fair but still it's very loose so in some ways it's kind of beneficial because you can kind of build a plot around the basic premise of the game right on the other hand you have to find ways to incorporate the elements of the game i think otherwise what's the point in adapting i think if you you know if you look at like a battleship right it's nothing there's the it's really an adaptation in name only, right? It gives you, it, Battleship gives you, like, you have to make a movie about ships, ships. shooting at each other. <laughs> I don't believe the movie does that either. No, nah, really. they fight aliens, I think. <laughs> yes. So, um, with Clue, you have to applaud them, I think, in how they were able to take the base elements of the game, specifically the three elements, the the, the setting, the characters, and the murder weapons, the whole mystery thing. They, they did such a great job, I think, of incorporating those naturally into the plot. And this is kind of our first instance of that. You have these silly names for the characters, right? For the board game, but now we have a reason for it. They, these are these are uh, aliases they were assigned, right? right. And you, and that's the other thing with the characters too is the game gives you a little bit. Like Colonel Mustard is kind of like the Great White Hunter, yeah. And like when you look at him, and then Scarlet is kind of the femme fatale. So it gives you very basic stuff, but in some ways that's an advantage because you get an idea of what they are, the archetype they are, and then you can fill in your own backstory as a screenwriter or yeah, director. Yeah. yeah. So, so really, in a lot of ways, as silly as it seems on paper, turning a board game into a movie, in this case, actually, like, I think like it, it lends itself well to being able to interpret it in a different way. I don't know. And it has roots in theater with kind of the murder mystery theater aspect, yeah. and it's very much inspired by Agatha Christie novels and Sherlock Holmes, stuff like that. So it does have its roots in storytelling. It's just a different style of right. of that. Yeah. Um, they're not alone in the mansion. They're greeted by Wadsworth, who is the, uh, the butler played with great aplomb by the, the great Tim Curry. 
um, star of the show. I think he's yeah. I think he's the best star of the part show. of the show. There's some really good stuff in here too. I mean, yeah, Madeline Kahn's in it, so that's yeah. always a plus. Yes. But yeah, I think Tim Curry kind of steals it. Yeah, there's, it's a fantastic cast. They're all great, but Tim Curry's so good that it's right. yeah. It's one of his favorite films he ever made, by the way. I think this movie's at its best when they're all all of the people because it's a very talented, very funny cast when they're all kind of bouncing off each other and ad libbing, interacting with yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, Yvette the maid. Uh, who is really funny as well. Very, she has very great comedic timing, and everybody's reaction to let's be honest, her. Um, she's very well uh, endowed, right? I mean, yes, she's, she's a busty woman, and, bu- and they play that up. Yes, majorly, and it's very funny the whole thing. <laughs> uh, um, she used to work for Miss Scarlet, right? And her brothel is her thing yes, in the movie. So yes. yeah, um, and then the cook who is. Doesn't stick around very long, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. Longer than the singing telegram. Yes, yes. Than, uh, played Jane, by Jane Wyland of the Go Go's. The Go Go's, yep. <laughs> um, they all settle in. Uh, they're all very suspicious of each other, kind of concerned about why they were called there and trying to figure out how they are all linked. Uh, they are all involved in some way, shape, or form in Washington politics, uh, either through a marriage or through a- an employment or something. Um, some of the guest arrives is Mr. Body, who it turns out has been blackmailing all of these characters, uh, as revealed by Wadsworth the butler. Um, Mr. Body played by leaving from the band Fear, the old punk band Fear. Yes. Who, um, now that I think back at it, they played SNL, they were uh, close with um, Belushi, John. Yes. And so that's the connection to John Landis, who co-wrote the movie. I think he did an early version of the screenplay, and then um, the director who took over kind of used it and yeah that's good so it's kind of that's the connection to leaving from fear (laughs) amazing um each of the characters is suspected or or uh, has done a dirty deed so to speak Uh, mrs peacock um apparently is taking bribes for her u.s senator husband um you've got uh mrs white who may or may not have murdered her nuclear physicist husband (laughs) Uh, Professor Plum has lost his license because he had an affair with a patient. Miss Scarlet runs a brothel in D.C. Um, Colonel Mustard, uh, he's he's a military like a um, like a warmonger. Like he, he profiteers from war. Um, Mr. Green is uh, is a closeted homosexual. So that's the, the these are all the the, the dirty secrets that right. they're keeping. Right. Um, Mr. Body threatens to expose all of them, but gives them each a weapon. Here's our second element, right? So we've got our fun names for the characters. Now we get our um, our murder weapons, our potential murder weapons. You've got the candlestick, the knife, the lead pipe, the revolver, the rope, and the wrench. So they all pop up. Um, he wants them all to... He wants somebody to kill Wadsworth, right? And he turns out the light. And when the lights turn back on, Wadsworth is still standing, but Mr. Body is laying there seemingly dead. Um, this is... Once we get to this point in the movie and we've kind of established our characters and stuff, this is where they, they they really get to the actors and actresses really get to have a good time. I think at this from this point forward, because now the silliness and the insanity of the situation is is in full gear. We've yes. got we've got our first corpse, right? Um, and I just I love all of them running around with like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to figure out what's going on. It's yes. great. It's excellent. Um, so it turns out Wadsworth was also being blackmailed by Mr. Blackmailed by Mr. Uh, Body. Um, his wife was being blackmailed, rather. Um, 
there's a lot of communism slash socialism stuff going on here during the given the, the time period. It's yeah, it, yeah, oh yeah, and it takes place in the fifties, yeah. right? So yeah, it all it all kind of works, and it, it's it's played for played for humor because that uh, that's what a lot of eighties movies do too. It's kind of it reminds me a little bit of like Joe Dante movies do this yes. a lot too. That yes. that whole kind of crew, Dante Landis, yep. had their had their roots in kind of fifties horror, fifties sci fi that kind of yep. used that kind of red scare as a jumping off point. Yeah. And this actually has this actually feels like it could be a Dante or Landis type movie. Yes, doesn't it in a lot of ways? Yep, and that's a compliment. Um, so uh, the group uh, comes to the conclusion that the cook must be the one who has uh, who has brought them all there. Um, that then they find the cook dead uh, with a knife in her back. Yep. Um, basically, uh, all hell breaks loose. Mister Body's body disappears, shows back up. And it's now bleeding from the head, which means that when he was dead before, he probably wasn't really dead because who hits a corpse over the head with something? Um, that's where the candlestick comes into play. Um, at this point, they all kind of split up and start to try and figure out what's actually going on in the mansion, who's behind this, who's killed the cook, who's killed Mr. Body. Um, they split up into, into pairs and start discovering these secret passages in the house, which is fun. We should mention that the layout of the mansion in the film is laid out exactly like it is on the the game board. Yes, in the board game. Really, what what a unnecessarily great attention to detail. <laughs> they that's kind of one of the things with this movie is they do they do a great job with attention to detail. And we mentioned it earlier, but like the floor is a parquet floor, kind of like the original board game. And like you said, the locations are it was all built on a set too, which mm-hmm. is pretty pretty impressive. So very cool. And I think yeah that that being part of the setting is it's kind of like a character in itself and a big part of the board game too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, like I said, that, that board was my favorite. Um, (laughs) a stranded motorist eventually shows up and they're trying to kind of, uh, in a comedy verse, keep him away from what's going on. Um, eventually we see a mysterious individual, uh, burn all the blackmail evidence that Mr. Body had collected, uh, on these characters and winds up killing the motorist with the wrench. Um, uh, Yvette has to break in and save Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet, who have locked, been locked in a room with the body of the motorist. Um, then a cop shows up because the the uh, the motorist's car is uh, sitting on the road outside. Once again, they try to keep the cop away from all the goings on. Um, uh, they get a phone call at the mansion from J. Edgar Hoover, supposedly, yeah. um, and Wadsworth takes the call. Um, Eventually, they get back to the search, and the power goes out again. Um, three more murders happen. Yvette gets killed, the cop gets killed, and a singing, te- singing telegram girl, uh, the aforementioned Jane yeah. Wideland, shows up in one of the funniest bits in the movie yeah. and starts her little singing telegram spiel and then gets shot immediately. <laughs> Very funny. Um, they are killed with the rope, the lead pipe, and the revolver. Um, eventually, the, the crew regroups, um, and Wadsworth... Uh, takes us on a bit of a recreation of the night's events with all the characters running around literally in circles around the mansion, recreating the movie that you've just watched in the silliest, goofiest way possible. Yep. And uh, that is where we, um, I should say, uh, an evangelist shows up at the door just as uh, Wadsworth is going to make his final deduction about who committed the murders. And this is where we branch off. So this is where, it, uh, if you had seen this originally in the theaters, you would get one of your three endings. Right. Um, if you're watching this 
you're not watching this in a theater um, at this point. But it, uh, at this point, you will get all three endings. Uh, just bear in mind that back in the day, it was one of these endings. Um, should we talk about the endings then? Should yeah, let's know? talk about the endings. Ending I, a. I, I have them in front of me too. So. Ending A. Um, I'm going to break. try and break this down. Okay. Right. And I've got the Wikipedia pulled up to help me out. A is Scarlet, right? A, yes. Okay. It turns out that uh, Miss Scarlet was kind of calling the shots the whole time. Now, Yvette did murder the cook and Mr. Body, but she was being ordered by Miss Scarlet, who committed the rest of the murders, including Yvette. Um, she worked, turns out she worked for Yvette, or for Miss Scarlet, as one of her um, her call girls. Yeah. Um, so, Miss Scarlet uh, is going to bust a cap in Wadsworth, and law enforcement raids the house. It turns out that the evangelist from before is actually the police chief, and it turns out that Wadsworth is an undercover FBI agent, hence the reason why he took the call from J. Edgar Hoover earlier. Right. Um, so uh, the movie ends with uh, another chandelier almost falling and crushing Colonel Mustard, who was almost killed by a previous falling chandelier. Yeah. Pretty silly. Um, this is the weakest of the endings, I would say. Yeah, and uh, Cisco and Ebert said this was the best of the endings. They directed people to go, if you have ending A, go see that one. Go see that What's one. What's their deal, man? I don't know. <laughs> This is the What's weakest of the endings. So what's, and yeah, what's nice about having all three endings now is it starts with this one and then it yeah. continues on. So it starts with the weakest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we build to a better. Yeah. yeah. Ending B is where we find out Mrs. Peacock killed all the victims. Um, so she was killing them all um, basically to cover up the bribes that she was taking. Um, as she takes off, leaves the mansion... Uh, it turns out that Wadsworth is an un- undercover FBI agent, and um, when she goes to take off, she is surprised by the evangelist, who turns out to be the police chief, uh, and they wind up um, arresting Mrs. Peacock, and then Wadsworth asks if anybody wants some fruit or dessert, and that's how the movie ends. A yeah. uh, little more fun, I think, than the, the previous one. I think so, too. This, and this movie very much reminds me of the, because uh, I grew up on Wayne's World, but the, let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. Let's do the mega happy ending. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. Ending C is the what what is considered the actual ending, right? Um, and is the craziest and silliest and most fun of the bunch. Everybody in the house killed somebody, with the exception of Mister Green. Um, Professor Plum tried to kill Mister Body with the revolver, but actually wound up killing him with the candlestick later. Mrs. Peacock is the one who killed the cook because she was a former employee of Mrs. Peacock and knew too much. Colonel Mustard killed the motorist who was his driver during World War Two. Um. Mrs. White strangled Yvette because she was jealous of her. Turns out Yvette was having an affair with Mrs. White's husband, so that was the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Miss Scarlet clubbed the cop because she was bribing the cop. Turns out Wadsworth shot the singing telegram girl, um, who was actually the patient that Professor Plum had an affair with, and that Wadsworth is actually Mr. Body, and the person that was killed by Professor Plum was Mr. Body's butler, so... Right. They flip-flopped. Um... So basically, Wadsworth is going to take out everybody. Uh, everybody's been disposed of. Um, but he's going to wind up continuing this blackmail scheme that he's been running on everybody. He just wanted all the informants taken out, and he was able to get them all to kill them for him. Right. He's, a, he's a criminal genius. As it turns out, Mr. Green kills Wadsworth. It turns out he's an undercover FBI agent and a plant. Um And he winds up... Uh, everybody winds up getting arrested. Yeah. With the exception of Mr. Green... Um, played by the great uh, Michael McKean. Yes, love that man. Um, and he has one of the the best 
the end of the line, the end of the movie, the last line of the movie is so funny to me. It turns out that his homosexuality was a big ruse. Um, and he just goes, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> his last lines are, okay, chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. And he just smiles into the camera and that's the end of the movie. It is some silly shit. So great. this is my favorite ending of the three and a little bit of the reason as to why is so part of, part of the issue with the movie and part of the reason I don't think it caught on is I don't think it's a very good murder mystery uh, throughout most of it. The plot. So with like an Agatha Christie novel, part of the fun is piecing together the hints you get throughout. And yes. in this movie, you don't get a ton of like great hints. You're not able to latch on to a lot of stuff throughout the movie. The murder mystery part of the movie is not particularly well done. The endings. So then that's the other part of part of the reason why people love like murder mysteries is so you can go, Oh, I called it or oh, I didn't see that coming. And with this one, you can't really do that because the clues aren't so great. So those other two endings just kind of fall. Like I just go, okay, that's kind of funny or like, oh, that's whatever. But it almost makes, it almost makes it seem like the reveal of who is behind it is more important than it actually is. Right. It's not that important. <laughs> no. Um, so that's I, why ending C works, I think because it's ludicrous. It's everybody. And it's just, it's off the wall. It's a wacky and it's the most fun because it's, it's a parody. It, it The movie works best for me. What it's a parody of the board game. Weirdly yeah. enough, it doesn't work great as a parody of murder mysteries yes. uh, it works great as kind of like a parody of the board game and part of the fun of the board game and the reason why it's so popular is you get a di- different ending each time right it's kind of how you sell it so this one you just get all of the endings <laughs> at once and it's, it's just and uh tim curry's really good at this he's, he's fantastic yeah. yep um yeah the cast is great um and there was an ending there was an original ending d too yes there was an ending that was shot and it was deemed i believe too dark um <laughs> Yeah, scripted and shot, but never released. I've got it here, if you want me to. Uh, Wadsworth admits that he killed Mr. Body, and now he has killed all of them, too. He poisoned everyone. Except the police show up and disarm Wadsworth, who then goes through the whole exhausting confession that he already gave to the guests, running around the house and reenacting the whole scenario. When he tells the part about meeting Colonel Mustard at the front door, he steps outside and locks everyone in, then makes off in the police car, except that there's an angry German shepherd in the back seat. Um... Yeah, so they didn't. That was the ending. That was ending D. <laughs> so weird. I like ending C. Yeah, sure. I think we we all do. Yeah. Um, and I think the way this movie plays best is how it is released now, which is where you get all three endings. Yes. And you can either decide on your favorite or just build up to ending, ending C, C as the real ending, and the other ones being kind of like guesses. Or, yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. It's the best way to watch it for sure. Right. Um. This, this, if we wanted to, let's go into some of the characters real quick. If there's okay. anything you want to say about anybody in particular or not, I, yeah. The entire cast is great. We should start by saying that. I think everybody's great. I think they're all a ton of fun to watch. Um, I'll start with Mrs. Peacock, one of the potential murderers, um, bait, depending on what ending you're watching. Um, Mrs. Peacock is, I believe, portrayed a little differently in this than she's t- traditionally looked in the. Um, in the board game, she's a little bit older, I think. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been a while, but um, well, she's the wife of a senator. In yes, this, right. Yes, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to find. An, I've got the original pictures of the board game, so I'll, I'll be able to verify this too. And she's played by uh, Eileen Brennan, who's been mm-hmm. in a ton of stuff. Um, yes, been around for a long time. The late Eileen Brennan, I should mention. Um, she is. I actually read that she had just before. Um, this film went into production. She had had some, uh, just gotten out of uh, treatment for issues with painkillers yeah. uh, due to some um, injuries she had 
lingering injuries, pain from injuries. And so it was actually very difficult for her to do the scenes running through the house back and forth during the reenactment because she was still in a lot of physical pain. Yeah. Um, and you can actually see her sitting down a lot in those scenes. Like when she gets in the room, she sits down. And I believe that that was done on purpose to give her some some rest during takes. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, and in her original version, in like the Cluedo version, she is uh, she wears a tiara to ah. kind of signify that she's royal. Like So they kind of... They do like an Americanized version. Of, an Americanized yeah. version of that. She's the wife of a senator in this. So, yep. yep. Um, let's talk about Mrs. White. Uh, Mrs. White played by the great Madeline Kahn. Um, also the late great Madeline Kahn, unfortunately. Um, God, she's done a ton of yeah. really great Mel stuff. Mel Brooks movies is where she's Bla- kind of Yeah, Blazing yep. Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Um, she was on one of the Cosby shows for a long time too, I think. I don't remember which one. Um, she was on the second one. She was on the one called Cosby. Okay. Yep. The one that wasn't quite as popular. Right. Um, but anyway. Um, Madeline Kahn great in this role uh, she reminds me so much of Ali Sheedy in the Breakfast Club in this because she's so like uh, morose most of the time but anytime she opens her mouth you're just like stunned by what's coming out the yeah. performance so ton of fun she has so she has my favorite lines and, I, and the part where she's talking about the flames coming out of her head in one of the endings yes. um, is kind of is kind of pointed to as one of the more memorable parts of the movie what's weird about that is it's part of one of the endings that you may not have been able to see. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you... it's completely ad-libbed. Yeah, it's fully she completely ad-libs like the flames. She also has my favorite line in the movie. And Madeline Kahn is awesome, and mm-hmm. it's her delivery, but it's, uh, um, do you believe in life after death? And she goes, uh, talking about one of her husbands, she goes, yeah, he died and I got a life. <laughs> so, really good. Uh, yeah, it's, her delivery was much better than mine. But yeah. That's very good. <laughs> um, we've got Professor Plum. Yep. Played by the great Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Um, you've seen him and stuff, I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, this is pre-Back to the Future. It is so, pre-Back to the Future. Yeah, um, th- but not, it's post-Taxi. So. Yes. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is really is fun in this. He's actually not... He's one. Of, it's one of the lesser performances, I think, in this. I don't think he gets quite as much to do. Professor Plum's a little more played straight man than... The only thing that Lloyd gets to do, and he has a ton of fun with it, is he's very lecherous. He plays a lech in this yes. one, which yeah, yeah. Is, is added. You're not a lech in the game, if I recall. Right. No, I don't believe that's the case. But um, he's always trying to uh, cop a feel uh, with Miss Scarlet. I don't know. Maybe that's problematic by today's standards, but he's certainly not played as a good guy anyway. So right. we're okay with that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, there's there's some fun to be had with that for sure. I'm trying to remember which one he is in the original. Oh, he's the one that kind of yeah, he just looks like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, there are a couple that look like uh, different people, but he's that's the fun thing about Clue and kind of the hard thing is um, their appearances change throughout the course of like each one is an updated. Um, updated version of the person (laughs) so um i think if i had the original clue game mine were like kind of cartoon character Mm -hmm. looking people yeah a little more character caricature yes yep um mr green played by michael mckean i adore michael mckean uh the man can do no wrong uh he's most i think probably most well known for being involved with uh christopher guest's i guess troop (laughs) acting troop uh Done a bunch of movies with Christopher Guest, uh, you know, uh, Mighty Wind, um, Best in Show, although I think he's been in most of those films. Um, and of course, Spinal Tap, which is one of the great yes. comedies, in my opinion. And he was an time. SCTV guy, wasn't he? Yes, I, think I believe so. so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very talented, very funny. My favorite line is his, his last bit about, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife because it's so silly. <laughs> um, Reverend, he was Reverend Green in the original, yes. the English version of the game. Yeah. That was 
yeah, changed yeah. up. I, <laughs> I'm thinking that perhaps there were some issues with... They changed that in the U.S. version of the... Yes. When it came to U.S., they changed yep. it to Mr. Green. So, yep. yep. Um, Colonel Mustard, played by uh, the great Martin Mull. Uh, big fan of Martin Mull's. He has popped up in... Uh, he's just one of those guys. Um, you've seen him in stuff, even if you don't know his name. I mostly remember him from Roseanne. Uh, oh, yeah. He played Leon, uh, who was like the, the owner of the diner that Roseanne worked in for a long time on the show. Very funny guy. Um, he's a little bit more of a straight man in this too compared to some of the other characters, a little less goofy, but uh, he has his moments. Getting crushed by the chandelier, almost getting crushed by the chandelier multiple times is very funny. I think yeah. he gets shot in the arm too. Like He takes a big beating in this one. And it's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. They they switch around. So in the game, you would look at him, and he kind of looks like like Mark Twain or something. Yes. <laughs> but he's, or, but he's kind of like a te- like he's a hunter. He's like the Great White Hunter yeah, 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 is yeah. what he is yeah. in the yeah. And he's like a military man too. And in this one, he's more of a he's like a war profiteer, isn't he? He's like a scummy. Yeah, he's like a, yeah. He's and he, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So they kind of update that too. It's, they it's do a little job bit making the characters crummy so that when horrible things happen to him, you're not. It's a little bit more of it like an '80s cynical take on everything yeah. too. <laughs> um. We have Miss Scarlet, played by Leslie Ann Warren. She's a standout in this. She's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. She's funny. She's got a, you know like a, a sex appeal, which you need with Miss Scarlet, I think. Um, she's really, really great in this. I've seen her in plenty of things, too. Um, most recently, Netflix's Daredevil, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, she also played Cinderella in the 1965 Cinderella, which I think was pretty well live-action Cinderella, which is pretty okay. well regarded, if I, I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, she was actually... Uh, Miss Scarlet was originally... Uh, going to be played by Carrie Fisher um, who at the time I think was going through some issues with uh, addiction and recovery and stuff like that. This would have been mid 80s yeah. So it didn't work out and uh, they wound up going with uh, Leslie Ann Warren. I'm sure Carrie Fisher would have done a great job too. Um, I love Carrie Fisher but I, you know, Leslie Ann Warren's fantastic in this. So yeah, Miss Scarlet has always been like I'm looking at the original picture of her too. She's got one of those long cigarette holders, mm-hmm. um, and she's always been kind of like the femme fatale. She looks kind of like a Bond girl in this picture. She does, yeah, yep. so. which works really well. <laughs> yep. Um, the final board game character that we have in the film uh, would be Mr. Body, played by, by the aforementioned Lee Ving. Lee Ving. Uh, don't know a ton about all Lee Ving except for the fact that he was the lead singer of Fear. Yes. I believe. Um, There's was, a. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. There's, he was in a bunch of other movies too. Um, was he? Yeah, uh, Flashdance, Fame. <laughs> um, he's done stuff. I did not know that. I was just gonna say there is a great uh, performance from SNL, and I think you can watch them all on Peacock now. So go find the one Fear is on, where uh, John Belushi is just running around like a madman <laughs> during one of the performances, breaking stuff. That's so sweet. Um, he's he he's not doesn't do a ton in this. He plays a really great corpse. He plays right. does goes very weak at Bernie's at a couple times in the movie. Yeah. Um, but he's um. He's good at what he does with what he does. He's he seems sleazy. He's got a good. He feels like a Mister Body. Yeah. Um, Colleen Camp uh, plays Yvette, who is not a character from the board game. Um, I believe Mrs. White is actually the maid in, in the original game. That sounds right. Um, yeah. Whereas they they create a maid character for the movie. Um, Colleen Camp. Very yes, good she is. Mrs. Timing. White. Yep. I'm yeah. looking at her. Yep. Yep. She's actually the maid in the original game. And the maid in the original game is kind of she's a little bit older. Older. Yes. She's, she's got yes. gray hair and yep. Um. If that's a ton of fun in this, mm-hmm. um, fun performance, definitely in there. You know, there's there's certainly a reason why she fits the role well, um, and uh, she, she's she's got great comedic timing, and she's a ton of fun with the rest of the characters. Um, Wadsworth, got to talk about Wadsworth briefly. I mean, Tim Curry's a gem. I, you know, if you enjoy Tim Curry in this movie, this is the first time you're watching this. I mean, like basically anything Tim Curry's ever been in, he's great in. It doesn't matter how good the movie is. Like Tim Curry is awesome in Congo. <laughs> Congo's not a great movie right um, 
but Tim Curry kicks ass in it. Uh, anyway. Tim Curry's the best. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for some more Tim Curry stuff, I mean, of course, Rocky Horror, if you haven't seen it, is a fantastic performance. Um, I love him in Legend. I mean, he's unrecognizable, but I think he's great. Um, maybe my favorite perfor- like performance of, like, the devil ever yeah. in Legend. Um, he's, of course, the original Pennywise from the 1990s uh, It miniseries. We've talked about that on the show before, or on, on Horror Movie Yearbook before, rather. Um, love Tim Curry. He's great in this. This is one of his favorite roles he ever uh, played, and I, I I get it. It totally makes sense. He really gets to have fun and ham it up. Um, and you need you kind of need well I, you need kind of conduits into the world of the uh, the suspects. So that's kind of what he brings, and he's kind of the like the master of ceremonies in some way. He's the host. He's the dinner host for the people that are getting um, together and playing the game. Yep. Yep. And you need this character. There are certain characters you need, and I think Yvette serves that purpose as well. Yes. Um, the rest of the characters, I mean, everybody that has pops up is fun. Jane Wyland as the seeing telegram girl is fun. Uh, Bill Henderson plays the cop. He's a ton of fun. Um, Jeffrey Kramer plays a motorist. He's fun. I mean, everybody's fun. The cook's fun. The whole nine yards. Um, great cast, fun characters. Uh, anything else about anybody else in the film before we kind of move on? No, I, I, it's tough to compare, and I think you kind of have to use those and they do a good job of it you have to use those original characters and you don't have much to go off of there but they do a good way of like like i said the be- movies at its best when it's kind of parodying the board game yeah and i think that they do a good job of spinning those characters out into kind of maybe silly over the top characters in some way and they do have a little bit of a biting cynical edge to them as they well do yeah they do yeah it's um and this is a board game that had been around like i said for for decades before this movie came out it wasn't exactly like a hip new board game. It was something that like people had been playing for a long time. So I think, you know, in 85 when you're making a clue movie and you make it a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a, of a parody. Right. I think that that, to me, that works. That makes sense. That rings true. Instead of making a straight clue movie. Right. Um, yeah. No. Uh, and in terms of just adapting, you know, obviously our, what we like to talk about here is is how you adapt something, right? And like I said before, I think like adapting a board game on its surface level seems absurd. Um, because here's the thing: is generally board games don't have very don't have don't have very fleshed out uh, plots or, or or even themes or anything. They're games that you sit around and play and have fun with your family, right? Uh, like, sorry, the movie would be pretty hard to pull off. Um, right. But, um, well, with, like Monopoly, you may be able to spin something to out something. of it, but even that is going to be it's a stretch. You're basically using it as brand recognition. Yes. As, as a license, as the license, as an IP. Like to, they did with Battleship. Yep. That's yeah. all you're doing it really. A lot of yes. It. With this, I think clue, like we said before, does lend itself. If you're going to make a board game into a movie, clues, probably your best bet, right? <laughs> like I'm talking about classic board games. Yeah. Um, because it is spun out of actual stories, actual sure. storytelling, like we talked about with the Agatha Christie novels and a lot of those old, old murder mysteries as well. So there is that exactly. Yeah. Um, but in terms of adapting it, the decisions they make in the script are really just, I think, so smart. They could have, they could have easily chosen to drop really anything from the board game. I mean, they could have just made this clue in name only, right? right. For the brand recognition, they didn't. They kept the. They kept the layout of the mansion, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, they kept the, every murder weapon is included and involved in the plot and used as a murder weapon. Uh, every room in the house has something big happen in it. Uh, there's secret passages in the house, just like in the game. All the characters are fleshed out versions and modernized versions of the characters from the game. It really is remarkable how they were able to take a board game, even one with 
uh, more of a, a theme and a plot than your standard board game and turn it into a movie that makes sense and is fun and is coherent and pays tribute to the game, but also kind of parodies and has fun with the the, the tropes of the game. Really kind of remarkable. Um, and uh, I think it's a ton of fun. I haven't watched it in a long time before this. It had been years since I'd seen it. I, I, was, I was sitting in my living room uh, watching this and my wife was in the other room uh, working while I was working in the living room and uh, I was laughing out loud multiple times yeah. and I kept seeing her turn and kind of look back like, what is going on? I said, this is really funny. Like, this is a funny movie. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Clue's a ton of fun. And it comes and it is kind of, it is kind of your classic cult movie journey back when it's a little bit different now. I don't even know how cult movies become cult movies sure. anymore, but this had that journey where it did not do well at the box office and was discovered actually probably on cable mostly. Well, and so, yeah. and, and right, and so that's where, so most movies that became that have a cult following, or I don't even know if there are cult movies anymore. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> most movies that became those what you would consider cult movies, including Clue, were traditionally like, like movies that didn't do well in theaters that either found an audience on cable or on VHS, right? Because this is the era of VHS tape. This is the era of video rental stores being a big thing. Yes. This is that era where people could spend a lot less money than they would going to the theater and getting their popcorn and their pop and stuff. Maybe they didn't want to take a chance on a Clue movie. Especially if you didn't know what ending you were going to get. Exactly. you want a satisfying ending. <laughs> exactly. But then you're wandering around the walls at the video store, the shelves of the video store, and you see, oh, Clue, oh I guess I'll check. I got to see what this is about. I got to see how ridiculous this thing is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think maybe that's where, and it's just a good, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. And so, and it's the type of mood movie too that needs to find a the right audience. Mm-hmm. It's got a bit of like a bit of like a kind of like a Monty Python thing where you can it does you like the right type of person can just quote this thing endless, endlessly. And, and I think you need with any cult movie like this that's kind of an an odd movie that doesn't fit any specific genre. This is a comedy more more than anything. But it is, there's also other elements to it. Um, right. Any movie like that where or any, any, that has kind of a mixed genre vibe and kind of an odd tone, any kind of tough sell movie, all it takes is one person for that movie to strike home with to just vibrate with their sense of humor. And that person, that word of mouth spreads. Um, especially, I guess, especially now with, you know, the age of the internet and stuff. But like before that, it was like, oh my gosh, have you seen Clue? You know? Yep. I got a copy on VHS. Come over and watch it. Right, or, or I taped it on cable. Come over and watch it. You know this this kind of thing has been going on forever. So um, yeah. this is it. Kind of has a well Tim Curry too, but it kind of has a uh, uh, Rocky Horror type it because does. this would this would play play very well in a theater with the right type of audience now and kind of a, like a live theater, yeah, or like, like a, a like a cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, and I was gonna say th- like, there's um, there there is a lot of revival showing is what yes. I was there's a lot of uh, a lot of like staging work, and, and this feels like something that could could exist on the stage too, in terms of like being a play, right? <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of what ran in my head. It's kind of like theater kid humor to me, a lot of it. It is, yeah. And I wonder if that's a big part of why Tim Curry seems to have had so much fun and enjoyed it so much. Um, I believe he is classically trained and and uh, spent a lot of time in the theater, um, so I could see him this being a nice marriage of of film and theater, you know. For sure. Fun movie. Uh, you've probably watched it if you're listening to this. If you haven't watched it yet, go back and watch it. It's on Prime for it's free. It's on Prime for free. It's yeah. well worth a look. Honestly, it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be a great movie with a group to watch, too. I think it would be a fun, like I you think, said, that Rocky Horror vibe where you can yeah. kind of 
yell at the screen and have fun with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the one line there's come fast. It's a quote along movie too, yes. <laughs> so I can see someone. I had a friend who memorized every line of the Burbs, yeah. and I can see it being similar, like yes. memorizing every line of this movie. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, check it out if you haven't yet. Um, Tim. Yo. Any last words on Clue before we tell the people what we're doing next? Oh, I should mention my second favorite quote here from Clue. Please do. He says, very quotable, uh, Wadsworth goes, Professor Plum, you were once a professor of psychiatry, psychiatry specializing in helping paranoid and homicidal lunatics suffering from delusions of grandeur. And Plum goes, yes, but now I work for the United Nations. And Wadsworth goes, so your work has not changed. <laughs> that, God, that's good. That was the one that made me just cackle. God, that's good. <laughs> what so, a biting like. Yeah. Oh, it's, so good. <laughs> it's really funny. So um, there are a ton of moments like that in this right. movie. Um, so no, that was my that was my final say on Clue. Awesome. Um, okay, before we announce our next episode of Multimedium, um, don't forget send us feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Clue. We'd love to hear ideas for other episodes. Uh, we've got another, I think, couple episodes we're talking about in the pipeline here. So I think we're set maybe for the next two. Yeah, and maybe three. And we had a request somewhere that we were going to do a little bit. It might be a little bit down the. Oh, line we do. Too. That's right. It might be a little bit down the line because I don't want to do a back-to-back book movie. Yes, if we're thinking of the same one. <laughs> I think you have to remind me off air. Yeah, but um, uh, anyway, please send us feedback. Uh, we are on um, multimedium podcast at gmail dot com. You can you can email us there with any feedback or ideas. Uh, we're also on Twitter at. Uh, Multimedium pod. Okay. So yeah, cool. Yeah, check it out. So um, what are we doing next? We are doing, and uh, we I think we've mentioned on the show before that we wanted to do it. I don't know if we have, but if we haven't, um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I think we announced this one and that one last episode. Yes. So, yep. so this is a little more of a standard adaptation in terms of what we're doing. It, you know, it's a book made into a movie. Pretty standard in that sense. What's not standard, and what I find very interesting, is if you want a really great example of two versions of the same story that are completely different in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and completely different, well, not completely different in tone, but pretty far removed in tone, um, and you want to see the magic of what Steven Spielberg can do with a story, Jurassic Park is it. Um, the, the book written by Michael Crichton, um, We'll dig into that a lot. It is very different than the film. If you have not read the book, I, I would hazard a guess most of you guys that are listening have seen the movie at least, if not done both. If you have not read the book, uh, do it. Read it before you listen to our episode. We'll be it'll be a little ways out. And so I should say I'll be, I'll be a first timer on the book. You have not read the book. I have not read the book. Okay. Uh, when I was a when I was a kid, I think I started it. Like okay. I, I got it from the library. <laughs> I think I I was younger, and I'm like, man, this is not like the movie yes. at all. And yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get into it because I love the movie so much. Yeah. My first time trying to read the book. My dad had a copy. I believe I still have the same copy that my dad gave to me. Uh, I think that's what I read. It's falling apart. I mean, it is in bad shape. It's up on top. You can see it on my my bookshelf up yeah. there. It's that top one above the Resident Evil book. Yeah. Uh, it looks horrible. <laughs> um, but anyway, I won't get rid of it. Um, I remember trying to read it. I had the same experience as you. I was like, this ain't the... Like, it takes pages for it to get close to where the movie's at in terms of like the plot. Yes. And I remember just thinking, like, I don't want to read this. This sucks. And it's such a different tone, too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I, uh, a couple of years later, I remember my dad going, like, you haven't read that? And I'm like, well, no. And he's like, oh man, like it's a totally different beast. Because my dad, like my dad, likes the movie, but he loves the book. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think this was like I just reread it for the show. 
Um, I'm probably too far ahead of the curve. I'm probably going to have to read it again. Um, but uh, it's, I think this is like my, God, this is probably like embarrassing, like like my fourth or fifth time reading it. Okay. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah. So I'm excited to, to dig into it. And then of course we'll be talking about uh, <clears throat> Steven Spielberg's classic mm-hmm. film, Jurassic Park. So please join us for that. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, guys. That was fun. Sorry it took so long to get this one. Life has been crazy lately. We know it's been crazy for, I don't know, everybody out there. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're really going to try to get Jurassic Park out a little sooner yeah. maybe than, the, <laughs> than this one. The gap should be shorter than it was between <laughs> uh, Clue and, um, God, what did we even do the last time? I think it was the Resident Evil. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. So the gap <laughs> should be shorter. So yeah. thank you guys for being patient. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to send us ideas and feedback. And uh, stay safe.